welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. I am your host, Cody McBroom, the CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world-renowned online coaching company. This podcast is built to help you create a life by design. That's what the Tailored Life is. It's choosing to blaze your own path, make your own decisions, and create a life you desire. So in this podcast, you're going to learn ways to optimize your body, optimize your mind, optimize your relationships and optimize your business and career this is the podcast for personal development junkies and people who can't stop growing because they strive for more we are also going to bring on experts in every single field to teach you their own expertise so you're not only learning from me four days a week but I'm bringing other professionals in to teach you their principles too so if you love personal development and you constantly want to strive for more in life this is the podcast for you. Make sure you hit subscribe, send this to a friend that needs it, and keep listening to improve your life all around. And without any further ado, let's get into the Tailored Life Podcast. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Here we go. All right, guys. Um, we got another Q&A today. We... What up, guys? Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. The one place to tailor your life, the one build stop- your dreams. What do you say? The one-stop shop. One-stop shop to tailor your life, to build a life tailored to you. There you go. Yeah. You know what's, you know what's dope about, uh, did I tell you about the conversation I had with my dad at Applebee's about the tailored life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember it. That was kind of like, I mean, it didn't necessarily inspire, kind of did the name of this podcast, but like it was right when we were, we hadn't changed the name of the podcast yet. Actually, we hadn't even decided that we were going to. It was right when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it was, it was right when the first time in Washington where they opened restaurants again, because you know, they closed the everything. Yeah. yeah. They closed everything. Then they opened and then they closed, opened. The first time they were like, all right, we're going to open restaurants again. And I met my dad at the Applebee's and uh, he was getting ready to leave his job because he wasn't happy, which for a 57 year old man who's been in the same industry for 45 years. Like, I mean, this is all he's ever done. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be like, fuck this, I'm going to quit. So and he, he had to non-compete. So it's like, he's got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> the people that wrote his non-compete were really stupid. They, <laughs> there was like little things that like, basically, you can't do this if you, if you, uh, or you can, you can, you can't go to these other companies unless all these little tiny details and they missed one by like this much. So like legally he was like, oh, you guys can't do shit. But long story short, he was like, contemplating this and I was trying to talk him into it basically like fuck yeah like leave go do your own thing build something work with somebody else he he now works with uh the same industry but a company of of like it's more of like a homegrown one where they're like and it was cool because he was like man I it, like it, it, seeing your shit and hearing you talk fires me up because that's how this guy is he's a little bit younger than me and he started his own company in my industry and I'm helping him build it because I have all these things that he doesn't know how to do inside the oil industry but I said to him, I was like, that, that's what a tailored life is about. It's like, it's about like carving your own fucking path, being a trailblazer, doing, doing something that people wouldn't normally do, what is, but you're doing it because it's what you know you need to do and what yeah. you want to do and what your life calling is or what God's telling you to do, what the universe is telling you to do. Um, obviously, for the most part, it's like just taking action when fucking shit is scary. Yeah. You know, and I think it's cool too because I was telling him even like I've used, I've used you as an example multiple times, but I was like, fucking, you're the perfect example of a tailored life. Like, you didn't literally say fuck the corporate world, but it's kind of like. Oh, me. Yeah. Like, yeah. man, like, you know what? I'm not. Yeah. You weren't angry or like, I wouldn't say hate your job. You did a good yeah. job. 
which like this definitely isn't fucking cool or passionate or like something that you can directly impact the growth with. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that's such a large company. You're a yeah. cog and machine in a sense. Like yeah. no matter how great you are at your job, yeah. it takes a lot to a lot of be people. at the top yeah. to like really impact that shit. Yeah. So you're another prime example of that, you know, like what's a tailored life to you? Well, let's find out. Yeah. You know, and I think that's fucking sick. I think, I mean, obviously. I, th- I think it's interesting and I don't know if I'd say sad or whatever, but you said a tailored life is not, is something not a normal person would do. Like that's not the normalcy. It should be. Yeah. I think, I think what should be normal and what is normal in society are two different things. Well, yeah, because it's harder to do and it, it's scary. It's easy. To, it's easier not in a bad way. Like I under, I totally understand because I was there at one time. But it's it's by definition, or you know, by definition, it's easier to go get a job and feed your family. Mm-hmm. It, but it's not less risk. Yeah, exactly. You know, I wouldn't say like it's not easy. No, I mean, getting there's, a job is hard. At, you know, there's less resistance to it. Too. Yes, I think that it, it's taking action on anything like that is always fucking scary. But ultimately, it's always going to lead to the biggest return of investment. Potentially way down the road. It, Maybe not immediately, even with you. If you keep going. Yeah. Like, you know. But you got to be able to see that. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest thing, too. And, and I think as a leader, you have, to be, you have to be able to paint that picture, but be smart with it, too. Because like, we've had this conversation of, like, and I've had this conversation about you and I and also about people on team and about, like, my, even myself, everybody. Like, I'm a fucking dreamer, yeah, you know? So yeah. I'm visionary. I'm like... But if, if you speak about those dreams and visions too much, now you're making promises that you don't even know if you can hold up to yet. And, and I've been in, I've experienced that when somebody was like telling me what could be done, what I can reach and all this stuff and then never followed through and then I'm stuck. So, you know, for sometimes for me, I have to bite my tongue of like, okay, I'll, I'll tell like this much. Well, bite your tongue or say, I truly believe this is going to happen. I think this is going to happen. I, I believe this is going to happen. And, uh, and instead of saying, no, this is going to happen, yeah. this will happen, making those promises. Yeah. You know, but I, I truly think this is going to happen. I'm going to try and make it happen. I'm going to do everything. we do. Correct. Blank. XYZ. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always a bunch of work that follows. But I think that, like, everything in life is like this, too. Because, like, even, like, if you ask any good human being what's normal, to be generous, mm. to be kind, be positive, <laughs> give compliments, be grateful. That's not fucking normal. Yeah. It's unfortunate that's normal. We, like, think about this. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. We're doing a challenge soon. Um, this airs as we're recording this next week, right? Mm, nope. Two weeks. Two weeks. So it might not. Yeah. So we haven't started yet. So we're doing a challenge, Tailored Life Challenge. You guys will hear more direct content about that. It starts in May. It's going to be the month of May. Um, I'm pumped about this. But, you know, we did one as a team. I did one with my mentor clients. We did one, uh, or I mean, 75 Hard is one that a bunch of our clients have done, which is Andy Frisella's. Like, there's these things, and it's 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 cool, and I love it because it pushes people to do it. But if you really break down the list of shit that we got to do, half of them should be normal. Yeah. Tell somebody you're grateful for them. How the fuck is that a challenge? Yeah. Like, I get it because I forget too. Yeah. I'm human. I don't always do it, but it, that's It's things, uncomfortable to some people. Especially when you're telling, when you repeatedly tell the same people something or when it's uh, something that, like, you're somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. But at the same time, man, like, I think what you notice is when it's, because we talked about this, you're like, it's not weird to me at all. Yeah. Why? 
because you do it all the time. Yeah, I love so it. So when you say to one of our friends, even if you haven't talked to him in weeks, something nice or a compliment or you appreciate it, whatever, they're just like, oh, what up, man? Thanks. Because yeah. they expect it. They don't yeah. expect it, but they're not taken by surprise because you're that type of person. Mm-hmm. It's only weird if you're not that type of person, but who doesn't want to be that type of person? Yeah. Right? Like when I first started doing this years ago, multiple people, especially my family, were like, you okay? Because yeah. I'd be like, yo, like, I love you, man. <laughs> my brother's like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? And my dad's <laughs> like, you good? Like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I just can't say. I'll, I'd text my dad I love you. He'd say, K. Or like thumbs up emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> damn. You're just, you're just an old dude that hates texting. Yeah. So, okay. You know, because like certain, Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> certain people are like, like my mom will text a bunch of shit. But my dad is like, barely. He, he asked me last night, can you book my airline? I was like, what? And he was like, I've never booked a flight before. I was like, Dad, come on. Are you fucking kidding me? He was like, well, I always have people at work do it and stuff. Like, But he switched jobs and he hasn't flown since. And I was like, what? Yeah, Dad, I can I can do it for you. But I'm going to teach you how because <laughs> I'm not Whoa. I'm not your assistant. I was Even for up. personal Dude, he doesn't. He doesn't do – if he does a presentation for work, yeah. he tells – like they like do it for – like he doesn't wow. – yeah, dude, he, does, he is not a tech guy. He's okay. old school. Yeah. He – dude, he just got an iPhone because – they, uh, cause he had a flip phone and it was like fucking out. He wasn't getting certain things and they were like, Vince, you <laughs> get rid of the razor. Like <laughs> he had it for a minute, but, uh, but no, it's, I think it's just like, it's funny to me because those things should be done consistently anyway, but that's the purpose of these challenges, right? It's to do the things as a, as a human being should for a consistent amount of time until it's just normal. Yeah. You know, certain things will never be normal. Like the cold showers thing that will never be normal for me because I fucking hated it. But yeah. I like the result it gave me. It was a challenge. It was a push. It mentally kind of supercharged me and it makes other things easier. So there was purpose behind it. But certain things I think are just, just important for humans to do. And, and I'm excited because I think that the, the tailored life challenge, if that's what we end up calling it, I think is a good reflection of this podcast yeah. because even though we interview a lot of fitness people it's mainly always fitness people realistically like we very rarely step out of that we do sometimes we just record with the chef i don't think that's aired yet but but that's still nutrition still nutrition um and we will we have some things with like entrepreneurs and we have done with like entrepreneurs we've talked outside of fitness plenty of times with fitness professionals but the reason for that is because i think that the route towards a tailored life and your best self starts with fitness because fitness is a challenge fitness is resistance like, dude, that, that fucking sissy squat thing I did yesterday. I did 10 reps with a trap bar, sissy squat, peeled 25 pounds off each side, did 10 more, and then I did up to I, almost 30 reps body weight, right? And literally wanted to stop so many times. You, you heard, I, my head hurt. I had a headache after I stopped that set. Like, it hurt. I didn't want to do it, but, but the program said, <laughs> literally said, do 10 reps, peel a plate, do eight to 10, drop the weight and unleash. If you don't get 30, go until it starts hurting. Literally what it said <laughs> in the program, which just cracks me up. I'm like, yeah, if I put that on like a, just a normal everyday ladies program, she would be like, what is wrong with the psychopath? <laughs> Thankfully, I get excited about this shit. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, make me fucking Goku and just jacked. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. I did not want to do it. And I knew I had lunges afterwards. I did not want to do the lunges. Yeah, that was fucked. But I'm so happy I did. Like, it's that push, you know? So that resistance. But the fitness side makes you mentally sharper, mentally harder, more disciplined. Like, 
you push into resistance more often, you're taking action, your physical changes that you see make you more confident, have more energy, your hormones are going to be better, you're going to live a longer life, like, the list is endless. And to me, that's where it starts. And so to, like, that's why I feel like the tailored life podcast is still a fitness podcast, but it's, it's kind of a gateway into this idea of having it all. Yep. Like, how do I, as Paul put it the other day, how do I, how do I become Thor and Yoda put together? Right? Mm-hmm. Like this, this wise person who understands life spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and this jacked human being, who's also the peak physical structure of a human being like yeah. a greek god i mean yeah. literally is a greek god so i don't know i think i think uh, i'm excited for it because i wanted to i wanted to push people but i want people to make sure that they're stepping into it ready to change there's gonna be three levels i wasn't planning on talking about this but there's three levels to it so there's beginner intermediate and advanced so it gets harder as you go up in the levels but no matter what it's going to challenge you yeah. and the whole point of it is to just push you um and i also decided to make it free which I haven't told you yet, we're going to charge for it. Um, I think we're still going to incorporate a way for people to contribute to a charity and then all match so that there's still some kind of fundraiser. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want price to be a barrier. Yeah. Like I wanted people to come in and like, you know, what we're probably going to do is if you complete the challenge, you'll have the opportunity to buy a shirt showing that you completed the challenge. But I, I wanted to make it more open so people could really jump in and experience this with us, totally. you know, clients and non-clients and, and go through this and, and get a big group together. It will be a private Facebook group. I'm going to be going live every week. Like Lisa is too. I'm stoked. It's going to be really cool. And that starts May 1st. So be on the lookout for that for sure. Um, we just kind of went on a rant, but I just love this whole fucking tailored life, especially with all the shit that's been happening with me for the last sure. couple of weeks and yep. the conversations we've had. It's just been like so many eye opening moments of like, dude, it's just beginning. Yep. It's fucking crazy. I love it, man. I honestly can't believe that. This is the last thing I'll say. I what you just said before we started recording is like, we're, like the whole like we're still in our infancy thing. Yeah. It's hard for me to comprehend sometimes. It, dude, it, yeah. I, like I told you, I was talking to Josephine last night. I was like, dude, it's we're at a very, very small stage <laughs> in our business growth. Yeah. It's and it feels like we've been we've been at it for a yeah. minute. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be weird to look back in 10 years and be like, whoa, this has been a wild journey. Uh, we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <clears throat> Not even, I mean, just like listening to people who they're business owners at 40, 50, 60. And it's like, damn, now I get it. Yeah. You know, finally, I think, but in five years I'll be like, oh, now I get it. You know, and I think you keep saying that, but a lot of time left, a lot of time left, man. It's nuts. It's, it's, it's. And that's like to, to people listening, you know, if you've been in business as long as us, which is just under five years, you know, I've been doing this for over 10 now, but we've been in business for less than five. You're still a baby and you still have so much room to grow. So making sure you stay level headed and humble and, and kind of have that white belt mentality of like, man, I still got a lot, a lot of, training. Of, a lot of training to go to yeah. get to my black belt. You know, yeah. um, that's huge. And for the people who are just starting, <sighs> Buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a quick journey. No. It's not. I love that you say that because I bet you that people like Andy think that they're at a blue belt or a you know, a little green belt. I don't remember the stages, but he doesn't even probably think he's at Dude, a black belt. I've like I mean, you know, I've been, I said I heard the other day he's like, We we have a long ways to go. I'm I was like, just about to say shit, so like, like you're at hundred million dollars. I've been on like an Andy binge lately, yeah. you know this, like so 
I've had a lot of people reach out to me in, like over the last couple of years and say like, you listen to Andy Fasella, right? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't. And they're like, how the fuck don't you listen to him? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't even follow him. Like, and people keep saying, you'd love him. You'd love him. So I finally, like once Brittany sent me that episode, I was like, all right. So I followed him, followed Ed, Milet, listened to, subscribe to both their podcasts. I actually have Ed Milet's book because Craig Ballantyne sent it to me as a gift Sick. a couple years ago. And, uh, I never read it. <laughs> so like, but I'm going to start digging into their stuff and I, I've loved when I hear, it, but I've, I've listened to enough of Andy's podcast now and dude, almost every single podcast I hear him say, and he doesn't deflect the compliment. I think that's important because I talked about this in one of my episodes that I recorded recently. I don't know if it's out yet, but mm-hmm. I talked about not deflecting compliments because if you're deflecting compliments, you're unsure about yourself. You haven't even accepted your abilities and you have imposter syndrome, right? Because if I'm saying like, yo, you're great at, you're, like you're editing for videos looks great and you're like, but this is fucked up or I'm shitty at this though. It's like, dude, you're, you're deflecting your greatness, right? He doesn't do that. He says, thank you. It means a lot. I appreciate that. And then he always finishes as like, I can't wait for the next step or we have so much room to grow or like we're just at the beginning. And I always, like, I hear that. I'm like, how, like you said blue belt. I would look at him at first, be like, that's a fucking black belt. Yeah. 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 You know, but like you said, no, he still got belts to go. It's fucking crazy. Business is the Brazilian jujitsu. You know how long it takes to get a, a belt up? A long time. A long fucking time. Rose just went up. She's been one of our clients. Is she a blue belt now? I believe it was either blue or purple. I don't know how the, the belts go. Yeah. But she there was two or three years between her belt and the belt she just got. Wow. That's a long time. Good job. Dude, I did Taekwondo and I was like a yellow belt in like three weeks. <laughs> Not because I was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's true. It's Taekwondo. That's what they do. They're yeah. just like and you have to pay for the belt, you have to pay for the test. Yeah. So they're like, all right, let's you know. My dad is like so he owned a Korean karate studio. He was like real deal karate. They used to get pissed. They're like, they're just trying to get your money. <laughs> like, you're not ready for the next belt. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like a, give up, a participation trophy. Yeah. I quit after a yellow belt. You did? Yeah. I didn't stick with it. My brother did. Oh. I was soccer and skateboarding. and I really thought you were, you, you two, I remember you, we went to the same studio. Uh, but On the, Meridian? Yeah. 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 Um, Master Lee, I think. Oh God. You, I think you're right. I think it is. And then he, he ended up owning a, I don't know if you know this, but he owned a paintball yes. place. Yeah. Yeah. While we were like, yeah. Yeah. He did on the side. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I think I got to yellow and then I quit. Vinny got all the way up to like blue or something like that. Yeah. But I was probably yellow um, or one up. I don't remember. Yeah. My mom so and young. dad were black belts. Damn. It, your mom was a black belt? Yeah. That's how my parents met. Well. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I knew that, but I didn't know she was a black belt. Not taking anything away from her, I'm but I sure just, she was. Damn, yeah. I think she was. And. When she went to, she went with, at yeah, the same but studio. she she went back to white because it's Taekwondo, so they don't, you know, what I mean, it's they were in Korean karate before. Oh. It's a different martial art. She went from white to red in three weeks, <laughs> literally. <Yeah. laughs> Skip the belts. It's like kicking little kids' asses. Yeah, that's like, like uh, Kramer joins a kids oh karate. God. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's like just punking kids. Uh. All right, now that we're halfway through the episode, let's get to the questions. That was not an intro. First question comes from uh, Carmen Alessa. It says, muscle gain with sugar issues. Any tips? Uh, these are all from Instagram, by the way. So they're, they're shorter questions, which sometimes we like. Yeah. Um, but there's always a form. If you have a longer in-depth question, you can fill that out in the show notes of this podcast. Um, first question for you, Travis. When you said her name, what did you think of? 
What do you think I thought of? What do you think of? Everybody. Carmen Electra. Yeah. I had a poster of her on my wall. That's good. Um, I've told her that I thought about that. Yeah. So I've messaged her and said, I, every time I see your name, I all of a sudden I'm like starstruck for a second. Then I realize she gets it all the time. Probably all the time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure she's from Europe, so I don't know oh. how much of that she would get over there, you yeah. know? But who knows? Um, so uh, muscle building tips with a sugar issue? No. Um, muscle gain with blood sugar issues. Mm. Any tips? Realistically, I don't think building muscle is going to be impacted or affected by blood sugar issues, Um, and it depends on your blood sugar issues. Now, if you are speaking for yourself, Carmen, I think that you have no issue. If anything, you just want to have probably moderate, uh, like low to moderate glycemic carbs, so aka you want to have carbs with fiber in it and or you want to have carbs with protein, vegetables, or fat alongside it so it slows the digestion down a little bit so you don't get this big blood sugar kick and drop um because at the end of the day if you have that moderate balance and you're kind of keeping your insulin level steady you should be totally fine you don't have any blood sugar issues at that point if you're trying to build muscle you're good but if you're speaking for a client and the client is overweight or obese and they have blood sugar issues and they're trying to build muscle Again, I would say it probably doesn't matter much, but in a different context from a standpoint of you need to lose weight in order to improve those blood sugar issues. Um, because, you know, if, if it's an overweight client who is pre-diabetic or diabetic and that's why they have blood sugar issues, then yeah, like potentially a low-carb diet, potentially intermittent fasting, potentially these things that can moderate insulin sensitivity and, and help us lose body fat, aka get no calorie deficit to lose weight then you improve these blood sugar issues because a lot of times insulin resistance and blood sugar issues are directly tied to obesity or body fat levels. So if you have high body fat levels or obesity, we just need to correct obesity, not necessarily what carbs you're eating that are spiking your insulin too totally. much, right? Um, but if, you have, uh, if, you're, if you're trying to build muscle and you have blood sugar issues, my guess, if you're lean and trying to build muscle, my guess would be that you go hypoglycemic. Sometimes people have carbohydrates, they go train and they get hypoglycemic where you get shaky, you know, where it's almost like, like in, in diabetics who, who, who need carbs where, or the, like they faint, like I've talked about stories, yeah. they get hypoglycemic and it's like extremely bad and they pass out. But I've been hypoglycemic before where I just didn't balance my meals, right? I didn't time my meals, right? I didn't have enough fat or protein in that carbohydrate based meal. So I ate a bunch of white rice and lean protein and it, and it just digested too quick or I had candy or something like that. Yeah. And I'm shaky. <clears throat> And in that scenario, what I do is literally intra-workout carb or like even gum because the, the sugars or the artificial sweeteners and gum will calm it down. So there's been times where I've been out there and I get that and I walk in here, throw some gum in my mouth, good, yeah. right? Or I have highly branched cyclic duction, carb powder right next to my desk, throw some of that in my shaker and I'm good. Um, so if you have blood sugar issues from that standpoint, there's a few things you could do. One, lower glycemic more fiber, higher fat, protein, carb-based meals throughout the day, just keeping it steady. During your workout, have a highly branched cyclic dextrin or some kind of carb powder shake while you're training so you have those carbohydrates coming in. Um, And then post-workout, have something. Because a lot of times what I've noticed with myself and clients is if we do have that shake during workout, it helps it. And then we finish our workout and go home. And let's say I'm eating dinner in an hour, hour and a half like I usually do. Sometimes it'll creep back in. I'm driving and I get that feeling. So sometimes it's helpful. I'll have like uh, the intra-workout carb and then I have a banana and a whey protein shake waiting for me on my way home. That way I have something immediately to kind of like bring me back down and then when dinner's ready, it's ready. Whether that's an hour or two hours, doesn't matter. Yeah. There's nothing worse than, for me at least, I get home, 
and Blakely wants to play. Shannon's trying to cook, and I'm getting shaky, and yeah. I'm like, I need food now. Yeah. And she's like cooking. I don't want to like. She's yeah. already cooking. Like yeah. I'm not gonna say shit. <laughs> so <laughs> Is I'm that like, ready? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like so, I go in the the fridge and I'm like looking for something, you know, to to snack on. And then it fucks up my macros, and it's like, god damn it, like yeah. you know. So plan ahead, but that would be my general advice. Totally. Yeah. All right, cool. We go to the next one. Here comes from Udit Udit dot Shukla Shukla O seven. Minimum quality of protein during muscle and, and size gain. Thank you uh, very much. Your ebook helps a lot. Quality or quantity? Quantity. Okay. Minimum quantity per meal for muscle growth? Minimum quantity of protein during muscle size gain. Um, general advice would be anywhere between 20 to 50 grams per meal. 0.8 grams per pound per day is like the minimum daily and then upwards of 1.5 grams per pound depending on your size. That's a lot, but, but I usually float in the middle. So I'm, I'm at about like 1.2 grams per pound myself. And that's where a lot of my clients sit. I think I just find the best results there. I think there is value in getting a little bit above what the minimum intake is. There's, there's like this, this is, this is a fucking life philosophy I have, but there's this like minimalist aspect or minimalist mentality that goes too far. Right. I believe there is value in a minimalist mentality of like, you know what, like when, when we move, we've moved too many times, but when we move, we do this, we kind of like clear house. It's like, okay, or clear kitchen or whatever the saying is, but yeah. like, all right, I'm going to get rid of some of these fucking shoes that I never wear. I'm going to get rid of some of these clothes that I never wear. Like we have all these old boom, boom shirts that were just overstocked. Let me go give them to like the boys and girls club or something like that. And we just get rid of shit. Cause I'm like, I don't need all this stuff. Right. That minimalist lifestyle from that perspective. I totally get it. I think it's great, but there's a minimalist mentality that is doing the minimum effective dose is the best. Right. And it's, to me, it's like, why? Like, I don't understand. Like, why would you not just put a full effort into it or go a little bit further, go a little bit harder, do a little bit better. So there's this talk of like, well, technically you really only need like 0.7 grams per pound, 0.8 grams per pound at most to maximize your muscle growth potential based on research. That's true. I would say there's some caveats to that where like maybe we could push that up a little bit and maximize it more if we controlled every single aspect of the study, which is impossible. You're never going to be able to do that. So let's say it's one gram per pound, but there could be benefit in 1.1 or 1.2 from a thermic effect, from a satiety effect, maybe even a muscle maintenance effect or like all these little things that are hypothetical. Why the fuck not? Yeah. It's an extra 30 grams a day, one yeah. fucking way shake. Why not? Mm -hmm. To me, I would rather take all the why nots that could give me nothing, but no detriment. Yep. Or they could give me a little something and they add up over time. So I'm always on the higher side of protein for that reason. But I think that goes for everything in life. It's like, even with training, it's like, like, why not? Like, yeah, the minimum effective dose is great. But if I can do a little bit more and get more out of it in a shorter period of time, I'm going to do that as long as I'm not going overboard and killing myself in the process or getting hurt. But uh, 0.8 to 1.2 would be my technical answer. W one to 1.5 grams per pound is going to be my like personal answer for most people. Um, the only time that that does not apply is if you're really obese. So yeah. if you have 50 to a hundred pounds to lose, I'm going to do those same numbers, but I'm going to base it off your goal weight or what I think you should be. So if you're five ten, uh, and you know, uh, like you're 30 years old, whatever it is, I'm going to try to find like, what's the average weight what's your goal weight, kind of see where that's at, and then I'm going to base the numbers off that. Um, so that being said, 
20 grams of protein from a good source is the minimum we need in order to stimulate leucine or get enough leucine, which is an amino acid, the most influential amino acid for muscle protein synthesis in any type of food. In plant sources, it's really, really low, so it's hard to get, but with dairy, meat, animal products, it's pretty high. So I can't remember exactly what it is, but there's actually a number, you can look this up, of like 0.3 grams per kg of total body weight per meal, Jeez. and which ends up being like 2.3 grams of leucine, right? So I can look up egg whites and see that 30 grams of protein from egg whites gives me 2.3 grams of leucine. And that's what I need. That means I need at least 30 grams of protein from that source. Maybe for chicken, there's less leucine. I need 35 grams. Like, so you can get really nitty gritty. But I always say 20 to 50 is the, the general range. Obviously, the heavier you are, the higher up on that number. 20 grams is the minimum needed to spike leucine and muscle protein synthesis enough. I personally stay between 30 to 40 grams for all my meals, sometimes going towards 50 if it's just a bigger meal. Um, and I think most people do best in that like 25 to 40 range. Like again, 20 grams is like, you need at least that, but most people should get more than 20 grams in a meal yeah. personally. But yeah, if you're doing that, I think you're good. And if you really want to get nitty gritty, just look up leucine threshold per meal and you'll see the numbers. Totally. Yeah. I used to have a graph, but. Did they advertise leucine on, like you said, in, on a, egg whites? <laughs> no, no, not at all. On supplements they do. Like on protein supplements, yeah. they'll, they'll say how much, uh, uh, amino acids are in there and they'll give you the exact amount of leucine per serving gotcha. usually, but egg whites, they're not thinking of that. Gotcha. You know, That would be extremely helpful for meatheads <laughs> if they did that. All right. Next question comes from Otter Julia. Otter Julia. I don't know. Any good clue or tips on how to brace during heavy lifts? Lifts? Lift. Oh. L-I-F-T-S. Um, how to brace. Um, my, my thing is always, there's, there's two main cues for me, three main cues. Number one is going to be, um, the two first ones are the biggest ones. Number one is going to be crush the bar. So if I'm doing a back squat, yeah, it's resting on my back, but I'm fucking crushing that bar. I'm thinking of, it's like a lat pull down behind the neck. So I'm grabbing that bar and I'm pulling it into my traps. Like I want to bend the bar around my back. If it's a bench press, I want to bend the bar as well, packing my shoulders. I'm mainly just trying to crush. When I crush the barbell, the kettlebell, the dumbbell, the cable, anything I'm holding, that is going to stimulate tension across my entire body, neurologically and muscular-wise. So I crush this, my forearms, my arms, my shoulders, everything creates stability because everything fires. You're kind of doing an, a total body isometric hold uh, or flex, right? I want to create that tension. So crush whatever you're holding, first and foremost. Um, breathing properly is going to be big. So the best way to do this, because you want to, you want to fill your lower abdominals. You don't want to breathe in and, and be a, a chest breather and fill up a bunch of air in your chest, right? I want to breathe through my lower abdominal. And to do that, you're going to suck through a straw. So literally imagine you have a straw in your mouth. Like, like this is, uh, I've only seen this in movies, but imagine you're underwater and you have a straw, you know, and it's like going above the water. You're trying to breathe through a straw, literally like totally. For whatever reason, breathing through a straw is easier to keep the breath down low. In your belly. Yeah. As soon as you <gasps> chest. So breathe through your belly, suck through a straw. Um, typically, exhale should be through your nose. Um, if you get good at this, all of it should be through your nose. Technically, as humans, we should be breathing in and out of our nose constantly through everything. But we've developed to become mouth breathers, yeah. which makes us sound really dumb. But yeah. um, 
that's just how it is. So try your best to breathe through your nose, but usually a good starting point is in through your no- mouth, out through your nose, sucking through a straw, filling up your lower abdominal, but that's going to create tension in your pelvic floor and in your intra-abdominals. Um, and then the last one would be, uh, depending on the movement, tucking your tailbone and pulling your rib cage down. So it's almost like you're bringing your, your butt to your chest as weird as that sounds. But yeah. if I tuck my tailbone and bringing my like tailbone to my belly button, I, I create a posterior pelvic tilt instead of an anterior pelvic tilt. And I get rid of that curvature on my low back, which immediately flexes your abs, mm. right? I bring my hips forward. I'm removing that extended posture, which is putting tension on my lower back and stretching my hip flexors, deactivating my core. But if I tuck, squeeze my glutes, pull my tailbone towards my belly button, now I'm braced. Pulling the rib cage down just kind of completes that. So now I'm, I'm really creating tension. So if I'm doing a squat or a hip thrust or a deadlift, I usually do like to definitely rib cage down. Deadlift, it's hard to tuck your tailbone because then you could be rounding totally. depending on the position. But at the top of the deadlift, you can tuck your tailbone and get really good glute activation. Um, but if you're, you know, bringing your ribcage on, you're keeping a neutral spine, you should be good there. But the biggest things to me is the tension, yeah. the overall tension and the breath work. It's simple. People overcomplicate this kind of stuff. Like does so much though. Just fucking squeeze. Yeah. Squeeze the bar, big breath in your lower abdominals, brace. Totally. I love it. All right, next one comes from Courtney Hibben, how do you find your coaches? Are you looking for more? Ah, oh, like coaches from your team. I thought oh. I thought she meant like your personal business coaches. But right now we're not technically so we're not technically looking for more. I'm always kind of looking yeah. for more, you know. I think like I'll ne- like if there's a great coach who goes with our vibe and and like really fits the team and brings something different than what we have. Cause I think each coach has a unique ability that one of the other coaches doesn't have. So I'm always looking for that. You know, it just, it creates that extra something. Yeah. It, and it just creates diversity in the team. We all have our specialty, you know, we can all relate and, and coach and interpret things to different people easier. Totally. Right. I think that's important. So I'm always looking, um, but we're not necessarily hiring right now. Um, there is a intern application floating around somewhere. Um, I'm not going to link it in the show notes because there's already a hundred applicants in there that we chose two of. Yeah. So, uh, which, you know, Trevor and Laura, they're our newest coaches. Um, both of which are overqualified to do what we do, which is exactly one of the things I'm looking for. Typically when I'm looking for a coach, number one, I want to know that they're overqualified. Basically they should be just as qualified as I am, if not more. Right. A lot of our coaches have more degrees than I do. Yeah. Like some of them are getting their masters. One yep. of them has a PhD. Like it's, I look for that for a reason. Now, do they have as much experience with real people as I do? Some of them do. Yep. Some of them don't. Like that, I'm not necessarily comparing years, but I definitely want to make sure that like, if you're not certified in nutrition, that's, I mean, that's a red flag. You yeah. know, we work with enough people and enough people that like really expect a high caliber of coaching and results that I can't take anybody on the team that isn't qualified and certified in multiple things, if not on top of their college degree in mm-hmm. this shit, you know, which most of them have. Um, actually, I think all of them have, except me. <laughs> um, you have a I, college degree. I have a college degree, but not, I don't have like a bachelor's or a there master's or anything like that. Like some of them do. Most of them do. All of them do. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Jeez. Make up your mind. Um, but yeah, so I'm they always do. I'm always looking for that. Uh and uh the process is is pretty 
I'd say pretty grueling. I mean, like, it's not like I'm, I'm making you do anything crazy, but I mean, you're spending three months with us as an intern before you even become a coach. And that's under the assumption that you're already overqualified to coach. Totally. So you're, you're a overqualified coach. You're going from black belt to white belt. Like we talked about earlier, like my mom, like same exact thing. Like I'm, I'm putting you back in the intern position because I want you to relearn what you've already learned and, and learn some new things that I believe are important that a lot of people don't take into consideration. You know, I think that there's, there's general information about working with people and then there's not so general or not so direct information about coaching people that applies quite a bit yeah. with psychology, science, training, nutrition, and all these things. And specifically to our team. And specifically to our team. So, um, yeah, I mean, some of them are even about like leadership, teamwork, things like that. So um, putting you in a position where you spend three months learning those things, kind of, you know, getting your ducks in a row and, and really adopting our philosophy, our methods, our strategies for three months, kind of while I mentor you because you're on the phone with myself or one of our head coaches, our only head coach every single week. You're talking to us. You're going through assignments. You're, you're working with beta clients. You're working with case study clients. You're going through presentations. Like there's just a lot of shit you're doing and shadowing. Um, and after three months, you've done enough testing and, and work that we're like, okay, you're, I mean, you're ready. And then I oversee things for a while and then, then you spread your wings and fly. Then the 22-page uh, thesis uh, final paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> APA format. Yeah. Straight from Brandon Roberts, our PhD. There you go. No. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it takes a lot. And, and, and one of the reasons why I actually like sharing that, I actually haven't looked at any of these questions, so I didn't know that was a question, but I like sharing that too, because it, I think it gives comfort into the people that hire us. And I want the people that hire us to know, like, you know, cause I had a question from somebody recently this week that was like, well, you know, how do you determine who I'm going to be paired with? And like, how do I know that they're right fit? And my answer is always like, first and foremost, everybody on my team's the right fit. Yep. Because they're all overly qualified. They're all so fucking good at what they do. They were already so good before they even joined us. And then joining us and having a team and a unit that is propelling like we are, like they just got better. Totally. You know? So I'm overly confident that any of them are going to work just fine for you. Now it's just a matter of like what personality do I think you're going to mesh exactly. with best. You know, And that's another great <laughs> aspect of having all these different personalities on the team. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean it's a, it's a process for sure to work with us. But um, I'm happy with that because I think number one people who want to join will not go through that process yeah. if they're not really serious and truly love and believe what we do yeah and I think I should say I won't speak for you but I mean if you truly think you are overqualified and um you're a right fit and don't don't give up reach out to Cody like I mean there's not we're not going to put the intern link out there but if you really think you want to be a part of the team and you're overqualified make it happen yeah you know Period. Put yourself in his DMs. Put yourself in his inbox. Yeah, I mean, we have, I won't say several, but a couple different coaches that got hired not through an intern or uh, through an application. Yeah. So. I actually just created that not long ago, yeah. honestly. And it blew up. I was pumped about that. I put it out there and a lot of people filled it out. But that, I mean, exactly what you said is exactly what I did to get the internships exactly. I got that I know. propelled my career. Yeah. So it's like 100%. Hey. Do you want quick, easy, and fast fat loss? So fast that it'll happen in 30 days and maybe all you have to do is take a pill? Well, you're shit out of luck because it's not gonna happen. It takes hard work and patience, which is one of the reasons why I love Legion Supplements. They are open and honest about their marketing and on the front page they tell you that supplements don't overrule training and nutrition, but they do supplement a good diet and a good training program. So if your training's dialed in, your nutrition is on point, and you wanna get that upper edge and take things to the next level to get the best results possible, for your body and performance, 
Check out Legion and save 20% today by heading to buylegion.com slash boom boom. Now, let's get back to the episode. All right, next one comes from Matt Likes Sips. Huh. Which, <laughs> which current songs are on your gym playlist? What is he sipping? I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, what? Man, my playlist is fucking everywhere. So yesterday we were listening to, I was listening to. Um, MJK. Huh. Yeah, you were. I mean, I was, but it was that was on. So I started there, and then I changed. Oh, I'm thinking the day before. Yeah. I was gonna say 2018. So I list like yesterday. I listened to the whole MGK album, and then I changed it. But this week, the thing I've been listening to most is uh, like the 2018 rewind on Spotify, where it shows me what I liked most in 2018. And it's just like random shit. It's funny. It's it's really funny to hear because it was like, damn, I was on a really big Silverstein kick in 2018. Because it's like nonstop silver to steam. And then 2020, it's like a whole bunch of Tory Lanes and some a day to remember. 2019 is just a ton of fucking Oasis and then some like random shit. Some people are going to be like, what the hell? Yeah, dude? I'm all over the place. I yeah. Know. So a lot of it's, dude, it's so random for me. I, I have a, uh, if you type in boom boom on Spotify, you'll see I have a playlist on Spotify that's public. A bunch of people have it. Um, cause I shared it on, on Instagram, but it's like hip hop. It's just, it's mainly like there's some DMX, Eminem, uh, Jeezy, like old Jeezy. I love listening to young Jeezy when I'm lifting. Nas. So like a lot of like New York shit, really. Um, that's a good one. I listen to that a lot when I'm lifting, but a lot of times it's like, it's just so random and it depends what mood I'm in. Um, yesterday I was more of in like a rock mood. So it was like, I started with the MGK rock album. Um, it's a great album, dude. So good. It's better than any rap he's ever put out. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, he's a good, he, he's a good rapper. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I never really liked his rap music. Yeah. Like, I would listen to his freestyles. I, like, I respect you. Like, yeah. you're good. But I just, I never downloaded his Shows. music. Yeah. Um, but that album is fucking great. And Travis Barker produced it with him. So, like, I kind of expected it to be good, but. So that's great. Listen to that a lot lately. Um, so sometimes I'm in a mood for like that. Silverstein, a day to remember. Um, like screamo shit, you know. Sometimes it's like more like grunge. So Nirvana, Soundgarden, Allison Chains kind of type. Um, and other times it's just random rap. So the question was currently. Currently. Oh, there, that, that's a little more specific. <laughs> But it's still so that way. So one time, dude, well, it's still, three years ago, I listened to But it's still that way. Dude. It is. Like, no, it is. Yesterday, I, I, was just I started with MGK, and then I went to Silverstein. Yeah. And then the day before, I was listening to um, the 2018, which was a bunch of Silverstein, but also a lot of, like, there was a lot of Rick Ross on there, um, some Wayne, it was like, very random whiz. And then, like, sometimes I'll be on a Tory kick, and it's yeah. just like, we're listening to Tory Lanez all day. So, Matt, I don't think you can get a correct no, answer on I'm, here. I'm fucking all over the place, It is, man. and I love it, but... I'm literally there's no open. there's no current music. No, um, I'm trying to think of what I was listening to on Monday because Shannon and Blake were here. So I tried. I was listening to DMX and they pulled up and I was like, I'm gonna change it. Yeah, I don't need my daughter listening. <laughs> yeah, listen to DMX. <laughs> so I think I think I changed it to MGK at that point because although it's not at least it has a guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit better. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, it can, it cannot be. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. If I had if you if you were like you got to listen to you know, three artists to work out to and that's all you get for the rest of your life. Like I would probably choose um 
I'd choose Jay-Z. Jay-Z is my favorite rapper. I think like he he has just so many great songs to me. Yeah. Um, I'd choose Jay-Z for sure. I would choose, um, it's a toss-up between A Day to Remember and Silverstein, but I'd probably say Silverstein because I think they have more high-quality music. A Day to Remember has some great songs, but yeah. Silverstein has more. And then I would probably go with, uh, it's a toss-up between Biggie. I'd probably choose Biggie. Yeah. Biggie, oh, yeah. like he's not. Do you say Jay Z or G Z? Jay Z. J Z. Yeah. Hove. Totally. Yeah. He's Good. to me. He's the goat. Yeah. He's my favorite for sure. But that's that's such a fucking hard question. We're not gonna ponder on it. Yeah. No. All right. Cool. Audio uh, slave. Rage against machine. I mean, there's just so many. That's tough, man. Let's go. Uh, next one's from. Amber Doe eighty eight says creatine safe for seventeen year old boy who is trying who wanting to build strength for sports. Pros and cons. Yes. Um, warning, caution. I'm not a doctor. I'm not prescribing you creatine, but hundred percent safe as long as he doesn't have pre existing kidney issues or anything like that. Totally safe. They actually did a study in youth. I don't know if they were fucking seven or fourteen or seventeen. Like I have no idea how old they were, but they were they were not adults, so they were under eighteen. And uh, they saw improvements in their IQ, so like literally brain function. So creatine is helpful for uh, the neurological aspect of things. So there's actually studies that could potentially help neurodegenerative diseases, so like Alzheimer's and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. it can help prevent neurodegenerative slowdown, all that kind of stuff. Um, It's obviously helpful for strength and muscle and recovery. Um, There's studies that link towards injury reduction when taking creatine because you're going to be strengthening muscles, tendons, ligaments, all that kind of stuff. Hydration in the muscles better. So less cramping and less overcompensation injuries. So all around, like 100%, like no doubt in my mind. Like if I had a child that was an athlete and they didn't have pre-existing issues, I'd put them on creatine for yep. sure. Yeah. Cool. Straight to the point. That's the one supplement I've never stopped taking ever since I started. Do you have recipe? Oh, sorry. The next question um, comes from B.Morfit. says, do you have any recipe books or resources for meals that you can recommend to your clients? Um, if you are one of our clients, yes, hit up your coach. We, give, we have a recipe guide that comes out every single month. It has a scanner for your tracking app. It has different recipes every month with the macros all that kind of stuff so we drop it every month i think there's like five to ten recipes per month so just ask your coach we have like pdf after pdf after pdf i mean you can hit up me i'll send it to you um if you're a member that's just part of what we do we also have if you're a non-member we have an ebook that is for sale but it might not be on our website for much longer um for reasons I'm not discussing right now, but um, good reasons because we're making some changes and stuff. But you can grab that if you want 101 macro-friendly meals. Go to terrycoachingmethod.com slash products. It's on there. And that one's, I think, like 20 bucks. And there's 101 recipes with yeah. on it. So, yeah, we have tons of recipe stuff. Totally. All right, next one comes from mind.body.spirit.fit. How can I find the quote-unquote right coach or trainer for me that this vir- in this virtual situation good question that is a good question um wow uh okay so there's a few things i would say this i would say number one if you have anybody who has worked with somebody go that route i think that's always helpful 
Um, you know, if you have a, a loved one that worked with somebody you trust, then obviously that's somebody that you trust that is saying that you can trust that person. That's a yeah. good sign. Um, people will think I'm just saying this cause I do this a lot, but I really think like one of the best, like tall tale signs is if the person's creating a lot of content mm-hmm. as a content creator, I can tell you that you have to be very intelligent in what you do. You have to have a lot of experience. You have to be able to articulate science and research and have experience working with many different individuals in order to be able to create a lot of content. Yeah. You just do because there's so many different topics we talk about and there's so many different ways I can spin every single thing and have different perspectives on different things we talk about. And the reason is because I've worked with thousands of fucking people and I've been doing this long enough to read so many different researches, uh, articles, blogs, seminars, like just the amount of information I've taken in. Um, so, you know, if, if I wasn't able to create content like I do, the, I, to me, that's a red flag. Cause it's like, well, how much do you know? And if you know a lot, but you can't teach it, totally. that's an issue. Yeah. You know, if, if you can coach, you can, if you can coach well, you can definitely create content. Yep. Right. The only thing that stops somebody from taking content that isn't their level of knowledge and experience is going to be insecurity of pushing publish, like being judged for posting because none of your friends or family are into fitness. And now your Instagram is all about like I, I hear that all the time and I get that. I was like that kind of way at the beginning, too. I was worried about what people would say. Um, people did say shit. I had friends on me like joking around. So they were going to unfollow me because I was like, post that stuff. And I was like, good, do it. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not posting it for you. And I won't be offended if you do unfollow yeah. me. <laughs> like, go for it. You're, um, not, you're not my target audience. Exactly. So uh, I think, like, that's that's a big sign. Um, listen to their content. See if you resonate with them. You know, like, there, there's a lot of people who know the same amount of shit that I know. But there's a lot of people in the world that will click with me over somebody else and that will click with somebody else over me. So I think personality says a lot. So, Absolutely. you know, every coach I've ever hired has always been somebody that – not only I trust what they're saying because they know a lot, but also as somebody that I'm like, like I would hang out with you. Like I like you as a human being. I relate to you. You inspire me. I respect you. Something along those lines. And that pushes me to work with you. And that's for business and like everything I've ever done with any type of coach. It's always been somebody that I respect for some reason um, at that time. And that's why I reached out to him or or hired him. Um, So your personality has got a vibe. I think those are the biggest things, honestly. Yeah. Like, ask friends, see who else people have worked with, look through their content. I'd I say mean, that's the biggest one. I think so too. Like, go to our website and look, don't just look at volume and say like, "Oh, they have twenty-seven pages of blogs, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles." Look at the articles, read them, see what they're about. Do they hit home with you? See, look at the clients we've worked with. You know, if those kind of things speak out to you, then you know that we're the right fit for you. The other thing is too is, in my opinion. A coaching company who is coaching with integrity is probably going to be willing to give you a call for free. Yep. So if you apply for coaching with us, we're going to jump on the phone with you for free. It, it might even be me because I do still take calls. So even if you're not working with me, I'm me jumping on the phone with you. Like, and obviously this is me talking about my own company, but I think it says a lot that this, the way I looked at it was this. Like if the CEO is still willing to get on the phone with people or fucking write notes and package up gifts. It just says more about the company, you know? Cause like me and Brittany contemplated like, okay, like should we like, should we have somebody else do some of these things because your time is valuable and you're doing a lot of things. And although sometimes it's hard to squeeze in to me, it, it's, it's important because it just says a lot about who we are and what we do. Like I care that much about, company you know what I mean and it's still fucking free like I'm not charging so 
Um, not to say that my time is more valuable than the person on the phone, but the point is, is that I'm still doing that at this point. And there's stages where I've had to do it less and do it more and stuff like that. But I think you should be able to get on the phone with somebody like there's companies where you just purchase coaching and then you find out, you know, to me, it's like, man, if you want really good coaching, I should be able to talk to you first. Right. The only time I didn't talk to somebody as a coach before was like when I already knew the person and I've already talked to them personally, personally. And that's mainly because I am a coach. So I've connected with them as a coach to coach. And later on when I need help, like the situation right now, I've talked to him multiple times. I've podcasted with them. So it's like, Hey, like I want to coach. Perfect dude. Let's do it. Like we both knew we'd be a good fit. Let's just get it going. Like I didn't need to talk to you, but I think that's another thing that you should be able to talk to somebody. Totally. For sure. Love it, man. All right. So we'll go to the next one here. Um, We'll say this one comes from it's Jake dude. What's the worst thing about being an entrepreneur? Ooh, dude. Sweet. That was a dude. Where's my car reference? Yeah, I know. Um, man, that is tough. The worst thing. Worst thing. You can take the the word worst lightly, but you just have to think about it in a. In a I think most things picture. that are negative about being entrepreneur are only negative depending on your outlook and perspective. So I'm gonna. I have my answer, and I don't think there's a, a better way to look at it. It's a, it's a negative no matter what. But like most things, like. There's a big risk. Okay. But that also pushes you. You know, the, I think one thing that is hard for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's been hard for me, it's almost depressing at times, is that you're never actually satisfied. And it's almost like extremely unfulfilling. Totally. Like this job, this career, this passion that can be so fulfilling, right? Yet I'm never at the point, right? You're always like, oh, but when we get here, we made it. Oh, when we get here, we made it. And the bar just raises as you grow. And, and sometimes, it's a double-edged sword because it's motivating because you just keep growing yep. if, if you're that type of person. But the other side of it is is this: sometimes you get this sad feeling of never being satisfied yep. by doing something you fucking love, which that can be hard. But, I mean, without a doubt, the mo- the, to me, the most negative side of entrepreneurship is uh, the balance in life. You, you get what you put into something. So the only way for this company to grow to the level of where it's at right now and for it to surpass this and grow bigger and bigger and bigger, which ideally means we create careers for more amazing people and coaches like we have, and they're allowed to affect and impact more people. So we're able to create impact with more and more people through the app, through coaching, all those kind of things, right? That's the growth. The only way for that to happen is if I spend the majority of my life working, which sounds fucked up. Right, but yeah. It, yeah, but it's true. Yeah, I have to be here before anybody and leave you, after everybody. You, use that word "working" lightly. You know what I mean, like producing mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, it has to be purposeful. Yeah, work, but but I'm saying like you have I, to spend a majority of your life building this I'm, company. Mm-hmm. Like if you look hour for hour, hundred percent. I'm gonna work more hours than I sleep. I'm gonna I'm gonna work more hours than I get with my family. There you go. That's true. That's that's yeah. the hard part. Yeah. Right. But I think I anybody probably works more than they sleep if they have a job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless you're just part time, I guess. I and guess really or getting <laughs> really good sleep. <laughs> Sleeping ten hours a night. Yeah. True. Bro, but, I, I slept eleven and a half hours on Saturday. But it's a whole different spectrum when yeah. you say you work more than you get to spend yeah. with your family. You know, and it was only until recently I stopped working at all on weekends. You know, yeah. and even now I still work on the weekends because. 
I actually get anxiety if I don't at all. So like me and like, you know, Shannon wanted more family time. She's like, you've been doing this. You've been working. I mean, realistically at the gym, I work six days a week. So yeah. like, and started building this. So it's been a while. And I was like, yeah, I want more family time. I'm down. Like I'll take the weekends completely off. And then I was like, Hey, I need like an hour or two on Sundays. She's like, well, are you behind? I'm like, no, but like I'm, I get anxiety if I don't just like touch it. Yeah. You know, I just need to like <laughs> make sure Monday's ready. Yeah. I just yeah. need to go in my office, clear my schedule, clear my inbox, just make sure I have a plan. Like it, just ease my mind. Yeah. You know, nothing's burning. And, and that's another negative. It's like, it's always kind of on your mind. You yeah. can't really turn it off. But I think like, that's, that's the biggest thing, man. It's like, I wouldn't say that's the worst. <laughs> it's not, but yeah. like, I mean, at the end of the day, like I get three now that Blakely's going to bed at the late hour of eight 30, I get three to three and a half hours with her. Monday through Friday. Um, if I'm not gone or doing something with other people or like that, which is usually never, I'm always basically at home if yeah. on the weekend. But if I'm not working, she's not napping, like stuff like that, then I get the weekends with her too, obviously. But the vast majority of my time is, is going to be in this office. It's going to be working. You know, I, I'm usually gone before she wakes up. Yep. Some days I try to stay there a little bit later. Um, I get home and it's dinner time and then it's like chill with her, like play with her for like an hour or so. And then it's like, you know, bath, get her ready. Like, more of like the parenting work totally. rather than like time time. So, and there's times where I'm, I mean, I'm never envious cause I'm so happy and proud and, and like, but there's certain things she, she does during the day that I miss and I get videos of and I'm like, fuck man. Like I, I wish I could be there for that, yeah. you know, but that's the sacrifice I made as a man and as an entrepreneur. But I yep. think that that's probably the biggest thing. And I think people, you know, there's this, there's this thing of having it all. And it's like this, this idea. And it's, a, it's really big in the, the male entrepreneur space of like, you know, you're fit, you're healthy, you have a great relationship, you have a big business, you're making a ton of money, you're like you're spiritually inclined and emotionally stable. And the reality is, is, is number one, that does not come easy. Yeah. And number two, balance does not mean time. Yeah. It just means that like for me and my wife, we've both acknowledged and agreed that this is where most of my time is going to be spent if we want our life to be a certain way yep. and if I want to chase my dreams totally. and she wants me to chase my dreams. Yep. But and when you, it is what it is. When you take her to Spain when she's 16 or she gets a bachelor's degree in finance and, uh, in debt-free, mm -hmm. she goes, wow, dad, thank you yeah. for doing that. Yeah, 100%. And it's, and it's little things too with like making sure that I'm present, you know, when I'm there because – totally. Because you're right, right now she isn't like, Daddy's going to work. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it means that you get like new pajamas and yep. stuff. Like, yep. she doesn't know that. But I think it also, like, as she gets older, it's, it's making sure that that doesn't bleed into the house, which that's the hard part as an entrepreneur. It's hard to turn that shit off. Yeah. So it's like when I'm playing with her, making sure I'm not texting or emailing or answering questions on Instagram and stuff like that. You know, there's times where I do where we're watching, fuck, dude, she's into this thing. Parents listening probably know what I'm talking about. It's this weird thing where kids like watching other kids play with toys on YouTube. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> so, like, she, she wants to watch, like, this YouTube video of, of kids playing with Paw Patrol toys. And I'm like, well, let's just watch Paw Patrol. And she's like, no, no, no. Or let's go play with the toys. She wants to watch the kid play with Paw Patrol. Whoa. Yeah, it's weird. And, like, granted, she's like, go, go, go. So this is, like, she's tired. She wants to take a break. And, but I'm like, let's watch a cartoon. Why are we watching kids play toys? It's fucking weird. <laughs> but whatever. So we play a bunch and then we'll lay down and then I'll get on my phone and do some stuff because yeah. I'm not going to watch. It's just reality. Like I don't enjoy <laughs> watching Bob Patrol. She needs to take a rest, drink some water and just lay on me. So I'll just do my thing. And then, but when she gets up and it's on, I need to like stop that. Yeah. And I think that's the hard part, you know, and that's where 
dude, my dad came over not long ago and we were all talking about like my young childhood. And he, dude, he said, I don't remember how many years he said, basically the whole time my parents were before they were divorced, he was gone before I woke up and he wouldn't, wouldn't get home till after I went to bed Yeah, for my entire fucking life. Like, and he would, and if, if he didn't have a work trip or a golf tournament, he would like make my soccer games on weekends and stuff. But and my mom was a stay at home. So like he thought he was doing what he needed to do, but I didn't know how much fucking money he made. Yeah. I didn't even know what money was. I didn't yeah. give a shit what kind of car he drove, nothing. Like I just knew that he, I didn't see him Monday through Friday. Like yeah. it's crazy. And I think about like, man, like I'm actually, cause sometimes I think like I get down on myself of like, man, I'm not doing it enough. And I see, like he said that and I was like, I'm doing a really good job. Like yeah. I gave myself a pat on the back. Like I'm actually for those three hours. Yeah, absolutely. Even just that three, yep. three and a half hours, man, that's, that's killing it. Yep. You know? Um, and I mean, you know me, I'm a homebody too. So on the weekends, I'm typically, I'm fine staying home, but, yeah. but I think that's the biggest downside is that you got to be prepared to sacrifice time elsewhere, you know? Cause even like if I was somebody who wanted to do a lot with friends or travel and stuff like that, I'd even have to sacrifice, I'd have to sacrifice something there because if I wanted to do that, I'd have to take the time off of work or I'd have to work less so I could be home more so that when I did go travel with friends, it wasn't a big deal and harming my family. You know what I mean? So basically everything has to be sacrificed balance. in order to put more here. That's what balance is yeah. really. It's not time. So I think that's, to me, that's the biggest negative because everything else I just look at as like lessons and I, and perspective shifts, you know, like damn, this is a big risk, but without risk, there's no reward. Like, you know, damn, there's a big commitment, but it's going to build self-discipline in me. So instead of thinking like, oh shit, pity party, I'm like, okay, well, what's this going to make me? How is this going to change me? How does this improve me? How does this make me grow? And I think if you have that perspective, then it's a, it's, it's very cheesy, but it's the whole thing. Like there's no failure. There's just lessons learned, mm -hmm. you know, like you either win or you learn. And I think that's really what it is. Yeah. You know, even recently, like, I was talking to one of the guys that was involved in that whole thing, right? Yeah. Involved sounds like it was a bad thing. It wasn't a bad yeah. thing at all, but it was a part of that, right? And I, and I was like, hey, man, like I want to share with you the lesson I got out of this. And he was like, fuck, dude, I'm sorry. I was like, no, man, this is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. I was like, dude, it fucking fired me up. It's yep. an expensive lesson, but like this is how I'm shifting my mind and what it's going to teach me. And he took away from that like a lot. Yep. You know, and now he can learn from it too. But I think it's all about like reading situations and immediately going, that's the whole positive folks thing. Like what's the positive here? Why is this good for me? And if you can find that growth. Yep. That's the hard part. Love it, man. That's but, a good answer. All right, man. Question. That's the uh, last question for today. And uh, yeah. It's a good way to end it. Go ahead and uh, check out the uh, Taylor Live Challenge coming up probably this next week after this airs. Yep. And May uh, 1st. Anything we'll be, else? Um, if if the challenge sign up thing is live, it will be in this podcast link because we're gonna probably put it out at least a week or so before. So cool. If it is live, then we'll drop a link to this. I was planning on recording something completely separate, so you guys might have already heard about this. If you didn't check out the Taylor Life podcast episode or Taylor Life Challenge episode that aired, or if it's gonna air next week, we don't fucking know. But we're gonna do something. I'm gonna shoot a video, all that kind of stuff. But cool. um, just be on the lookout for that because I think it's something that'll be really impactful. It's gonna be fucking free. All I ask for in payment is your your work ethic. Yep. Don't join it if you're not serious. Yep. You know, it's 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 to help you grow and we're gonna put a lot into it. So cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. See you next week. <laughs>